To Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me we got Freddy. Always keeping that spoopy. Always and forever. And also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over on patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. Now's like with a what? Okay. By pleasure on Patreon, you'll access to this show at free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcasts services around the world now in and things off from our deadly mother's month also known as i'm sorry mama sorry <laughs> i'm sorry for everything i've done <laughs> but in and things off with this month here we are talking about we need to talk about kevin but yes. before we do that i want to give a special thank you to our patrons. We got a Willow, Taylor Paris, Jessica Nudie, Erica, Erica K, Sandy, Jared, uh, Petra, Jasmine, Chantel, Rio, Mark, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, Eric, Day, Freddie. Once hey, again. As <laughs> appointed. And my grandma, Yvonne, and my mom, Lola, because this month is also for y'all too. Because, hey, but y'all deadly. I don't know. Maybe. Y'all probably beat me up a couple times. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, oh everybody. I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> but no, thank you all all so much for the love and support. We cannot honestly do this without you guys. And some of y'all may have seen our, already on our Twitter, but we got a cool neon sign now, which is fucking incredible. <laughs> so I'm so incredibly excited about that. Um, and honestly, that wouldn't be possible without you guys. Yeah. So Thank y'all so much. My heart is so full because of you guys. Honestly. <laughs> Seriously. The support has been unreal. You guys have been really amazing supporting us for such a long time. And for the people who are just listening now, we appreciate you just checking us out. So yeah. thank you so much for everyone being there for us. Absolutely. And I love the community that we build. And we are going to continue to grow this as much as possible and have everyone be a part of something because we love you all. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, we... Wouldn't want it any other way. We have the fucking best community ever. Y'all have just been so incredible and just so breathtaking and just how much you give a shit about us. Yeah. And that's honestly, we, we couldn't be thankful more than enough than that because I right. wouldn't, I first saw that we had enough in our Patreon from our fans to get that sign. I was like getting teary eyed. Of course. It was you a goal of mine. Yeah. And it was a goal back in 2018. To get a neon sign for me to know that this is real. Not the studio getting that neon sign for the studio. That for me was just the pinnacle for me. And we matched that. We reached that. And that's insane. So thank y'all so much. Seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thank y'all. But we're going to kick things off with we need to talk about Kevin. And a quick content warning, everybody. This does involve chats about school shootings. Um, so if you are sensitive about that information or about that topic in general because it, it's fucking horrifying and terrible um please do us a favor and just stop the episode right now don't don't listen to this episode our listenership is not worth your mental state so by all means please do that um but first and foremost freddie thoughts um i'm glad you brought that up 
first because this is obviously a very tough watch. Um, I, a few of you guys know that I probably tweeted about this movie maybe a few weeks ago because we recorded this in so much in advance that yeah. this episode will come out a little bit later. And I pretty much just said, like, this movie is really amazing. It's beautiful. It's gorgeously shot. It's well told. But at the same time, it just leaves you feeling really like hit in the stomach and it made yeah. me I, I think i texted you i was like yeah yeah it's like i just finished this movie i feel kind of nauseous i feel kind of sick yeah um because i feel like it's very realistic in a lot of its attributes of how it's carried itself yeah and it's it's one of those movies where i'm really happy i watched it i don't see myself going back and watching it again though yeah this is my second time watching this Um, when I watched this, I think I watched it back in maybe 2014, 15. It was on Netflix one day and I was like, no, this seems interesting. Um, and I was on the same boat as you. I was like, wow, this, this is very well done. Yeah. And I, I do find this very interesting and, and gosh, this is coming right off the hills of him probably doing like perks of being on a wallflower as for Miller. Um, Did this come out before or after? I, I think before, I think. Wow. I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Cause like this, this movie's fucking wild, and yeah. it took me a while to, you know, kind of want to watch this again. And I thought this was the perfect month for this because it's just could agree it's more. Such it has a lot to do with the relationship, right? With the they, mom and the they son. have such a con- a very well sought out connection with each other that y- y- the whole this whole thing screams fucking Mother's Day, like because <laughs> like, the the connection is literally them and and their relationship with each other, which. You know, it's quite quite incredible and unbelievable to see that on screen because their chemistry floats so well. Yeah, it is top tier acting, a hundred percent on this. Yeah, because everyone brings their A game. Right, even John C. Riley. Yeah, huge surprise to see John C. Riley in this movie. I, blew me away. I forgot that he was in the cast, and I was like, "Well, wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, John C. Sure, Riley. Why not? We need John C. Riley more movies, to be honest. I think he's, he's very great. underrated. He's, he's as yeah, an actor. I, I agree. I as agree. Comedian, after watching well like known. After, after watching like the sisters brothers, um, I I thought he was just a really fantastic actor. After that, I was like, oh wow, like this dude has fucking chops. But man, yeah, this, this movie is a bit of a rough one. Um, but the whole context of going back and seeing how this is um woven in together. Is a and together with their relationship, I mean, is a very interesting topic between Eva and Kevin, and like seeing them being kind of similar yeah. in ways. Cool. You know, like it's it's it reminds me of a song by um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking out so hardcore, but the song is called John Wayne Gacy, which is named after the serial killer. Um, but there's, uh, the song literally ends where it's like, oddly, we are just like him and it fucked up. But like this movie reminds me of that line because they are oddly similar and it was, it's, it's kind of scary in some ways. Right. But this movie really reminded me of kind of like the, the series that's on Netflix, Mindhunters in a way, because you kind of really get the inner workings of like 
his mind and how he was when he was growing up and you yeah. follow him for such a long time and how he used to uh, live and the circumstances he was in, yeah. the events that unfold. And then he kind of has that interview towards the end of the movie. And you're just like, wow, right. This movie this plays like up, a true like, crime podcast. Head. <laughs> this movie plays like a true crime podcast. Amazing. <laughs> but let's go ahead and jump into the plot. We need to talk about Kevin. Directed by Lynn Ramsey, released December 9th of 2011, a runtime of one hour and 52 minutes with a budget of $7.8 million and a box office of $10.8 million with a rating of 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not shabby. Not shabby. Not shabby. I I don't remember this movie when it came out at all. Neither do I, which I'm sure it was in short. Uh, select theaters, I would say, probably. Gosh, who knows? Because ten point eight million dollars—that's still not a good. I mean, it's not. Wait, but uh, what year? Two thousand eleven. Okay, yeah. During it might Christmas. be like limited release then for like a short period of time, possibly. But they it, they broke more than even, so I don't Which know. Which is great. That's great. That's always like the plus. That, that's great. We open to the sound of sprinklers with the dopest title shot in film history. That fucking shit with the we need to talk about Kevin and on the we <laughs> off. Dope. A back door is open, a calm wind as we hear cheerleaders chanting in the background. And this is already chilling in retrospect, right? Right. <laughs> it jumps to, to um, a crowd of people covered in fruits and vegetables roaring. This already looks terrifying to me. I love this opening shot. Of like oh, the, oh, yeah, it looks great. The overshot of the entire crowd covered in pretty much tomato sauce. Yeah. And I was like, cool. This is, I, I, I have no idea what this is signifying in the movie, but... I think it was just escape for the mom. Because, like, there was, there was that moment oh, yeah, where... that's her there. Yeah, that's her. That blew his And, and yeah. that's... She did say to um, her husband, Franklin, that she was going to go to Europe. And he was just like, for what the fuck, for how long? Like, what are you talking about? You're going to Europe. And she was just saying, like, I need a break. I totally missed that point. Yeah. Okay. That makes so, yeah, more so sense that, now that we're talking about it. Right. So th- I think this was her escape. This is what she wanted to do before, I guess, she had kids. <laughs> They're throwing tomatoes at each other as they continue to roar. A woman named Eva is being is uh, being carried over the crowd, smiling in absolute bliss. She opens her eyes where we hear a woman distinctly yelling that someone stole her baby and that they are a murderer. We cut to some half-eaten food and Eva waking up. She sits up, breathing out breathing out before getting up and running into the table, dropping dropping her pills. She opens the door with two attempts because of the handling fa- um, falling off oh, the handle, excuse me, the handle falling off to see her house and car splashed with red paint. Eva walks back inside, shutting the door. What is your thought process right now? Like when you first see this, you're just like, what did she do? Like, <laughs> well, I knew what the movie was kind of about going into it. Oh, did that was you? the one thing okay. I kind of like didn't go completely blind. So I understood that this was the after effect of something tragic that happened. Okay. And obviously they kind of blame her and knowing what the event was. When, going into when the she movie. really got the most shit in the stick here. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why her? <laughs> I was like, I get I mean, it and I don't get it. It's kind like, of that, it's just it, the blame game in the way. Exactly. It's kind like, of that, yeah. that concept of the manager aspect or the company aspect where it's just like, I'm not mad at you physically. I'm mad at the company, but you're the person who's in front of me working for the company. She's the person that's accessible to the public right now, obviously. Right. So she's the one who's going to get everything that Kevin did put on her. Especially in 
correlates perfectly with the theme, it's because you're the mom. You should have right. been there or taken care of the situation right. or you raised the person wrong or a whole bunch of things you could blame her for. Yeah. Although, yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch. It is. We cut to a large house, a little girl, la la lying, jingle bells. The camera walks behind her and she, Celia, turns around revealing that she is wearing an eye patch. The camera immediately jumps to Eva, dunking her head and, sh- and shaking it in water, it transitioning to her son, Kevin. When she takes her head out, when she takes her head out, it is back to her. Downstairs, her husband, Franklin, is dancing and playing with his daughter. Very chilling seeing that again later. Yeah, while that's a great transition, by the way. With it the was water. fantastic. I was like, "Whoa, that was a clean cut right there." Fantastic, beautiful, fantastic. But that's why I say, like, you know, that's why I have that theory that they are one and the same. Yeah, you know, because like they're, I don't know, like it's just like that she has a lot of attributes there. that meets exactly what Kevin's all like. Right, and I feel like the entire movie they're having like a whole entire power dominance that's exactly what it is back and forth if like i can overpower you no i can overpower you it's like, <laughs> that's, and that's what it feels like that's yeah. what it definitely feels like while Celia is sitting at the table kevin comes up to her dropping his bag on the table greeting her franklin greets his son asking if he's hungry kevin telling him that he isn't hungry back with um eva coming out of out of her house splatter out of her red paint splatter house um and by the way, everybody, if you haven't seen this movie and you're just kind of listening to us chat it about around. it, uh, this movie does jump around quite a bit. So I'm going to try to do my best to jump from the past to the present as best as I possibly can. But just a little heads up. Then realizing that her car's windshield is covered in paint as well. She tries her best to wipe it off as the awkward ass kid stares at him bouncing a basketball. He's just like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, like, I know like, you. Yeah, like I know what but, you did, like or what you didn't do. Like, right. <laughs> she drives off using her wipers to help get some some more of her more of the paint off. Eva goes to travel our us sitting in the chair waiting to be acknowledged. She pulls some paint out of her hair while one of the workers one of the workers are is looking at her while she's talking on the phone. There is a vo of. Uh, oh, give me one second. Um, there's a VO of her leaving a voicemail for Franklin asking if they can talk about the kids um, involved. Wanting to uh, work this out, she is she is at her desk. The kid sounds sounds. Excuse me. She is at her desk. The sounds of police sirens flying in the background. Eva looks looks out into her office. Everyone's staring at her. She leaves out. The janitor also providing her with just stares. Right. She rushes past him, trying to hurry the elevator, and I just, I just can't even imagine this moment. Like, it, it being on the side of—that's one of my biggest fears, first and foremost. Like getting a phone call from like my kid's school or something, and oh it's just God. like It'd be heartbreaking. Like, dude, like I get and so like in this moment, like I can't even imagine what she's feeling right now. It's fucking horrible. Eva snaps out of her memory when she is when she is called in by Wanda in the back office. Wanda is looking over her resume, ex- exhaling, letting her know that she doesn't care about her past, offering her the job. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Eva gives her uh, many thanks, Wanda dryly accepting, then telling her to come in on Monday. Eva is uh, walking out of her car with a... Um, give me one second. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh with this awkward pause right here um, or this awkward jump or cut in. Um, there was a slight emergency that I had to take care of. Um, my apologies. Everything is fine. We're okay. 
Um, I just got a phone call that uh, needed my attention a little bit sooner. But we're just going to jump right back into it. Eva is walking out to her car with a smile. Two middle-aged women approach her, sarcastically complimenting her on the day that she is having. Then she just straight decks her in the face. Man, you hear the slap hard, too. I was shocked. I didn't see it coming. She straight decks her. Like, no problem. And, and, and this is like one of the things with this movie too. It's like any little moment of happiness gets quickly taken oh, yeah, away. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you're not supposed to be happy. Yeah, you're not supposed to be like, happy in this movie. No, cool. No, no, no. Something right is going for her. We've seen her go through a re- uh, shit already, and oh. then you know, there's a little glimpse of her smiling, and then nope, it literally gets slapped, Just slapped off, off her, her face. face. Yeah, one hundred percent. Kind of brought her back in reality uh, that her life sucks right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she also tells her to rot in hell. A man runs over to her aid, offering to call the police, but she swiftly denies, blaming herself and getting into her car. Back to previous events, Eva is in the crowd of people at Kevin's school and audibly calling for him. Her face is filled with complete shock when she sees something. We jump back to the present, her making her uh, making it home, running inside as rain plows down on top of her. She dr- turns on the light, seeing that she has a red streak on her face. While lying in bed, we hear Franklin asking when she is coming when she is coming home, sharing that he misses and loves her. Sirens ring out on the street. Franklin and her ki- sharing ki- uh, kisses in a night around the town. You know what this reminds me of? Reminds me of Gone Girl. Like that that scene when they're like yeah, kind of hanging out and it's it like really the does. kissing with the sugar in the sky and all right. this other shit. Reminds me of that. Um, but they're just having a great time together. And it's really nice to see that they actually genuinely loved each other at one point. Yeah. Like how you said at one point. <laughs> one point. Because we learn a lot more later. We learn a lot more later. She is lying in bed thinking of that night and her promise that she will never go away again. Then they have sex. Franklin asking for confirmation from her... her um, her about it being safe and i i assume that this was their first time also having sex together i can see that this was like it's like the honeymoon phase right where they're like madly they're love like each other they're really a lot of affection and then of course they knock boots and they're like very happy everything's good everything's going well yeah and we'll see what happens knocking. next and i kind of do admire that the movie jumps around a lot too because it's a really good way to create suspense and kind of a mystery around everything and not giving us the viewer information that kind of tells what the entire story is. Yeah. So it captures our attention right away because we were trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. And I, I think I think that definitely plays a very strong point in this particular film as well, which is great. I actually, I absolutely love that. We cut to the sound of a heart beating while she is making copies, thinking about the time she was pregnant with Kevin. Wanda comes up to her with a stack of papers for her to process, even reminding her that she has the afternoon off. Wanda asks for her to get to them whenever she can. She agrees as Wanda shoves the papers into her hands. And Wanda totally is just like, Ugh, I'm a manager for this fucking place. Ugh, like she hates her job. <laughs> Jump to Eva driving, strictly focused on the road, thinking back on that hellish day at her son's school. Students begging and crying to be let out of the school. Firefighters trying to saw off the locks that were placed on the doors. She is going through a metal detector at a penitentiary. Um, us jumping back to her being pregnant with a bunch of other women conversing with their bellies out. And God... Kathleen, it is a very interesting scene, but at, at the same time, Kathleen never got to experience something like that. 
Um, yeah, that's true. It because was during, during COVID. COVID, so like but hanging out with a bunch of pregnant people, and right? She going never, through classes and going through a lot of that. the connection with other people who are also pregnant, right? You know? And I hear that's actually really good for pregnant women, where right? It's like because you, you feel like you're not going through it alone. Exactly. Yeah, you have right. people to relate to. Right, and this whole thing. This whole scene is very interesting because she relates to no one. Right. She because doesn't she doesn't to want to be pregnant. She even has her own belly hidden. Right. Everyone has, Everyone belly has out, their bellies out. But she's fully clothed. Yeah, that's true. It's a good visual to be like, no, I'm kind of not really ashamed, but hiding my pregnancy. Yeah. I would even actually say she is ashamed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, because I, I truly think that she did not want to be pregnant. It's not for her. She walks out and a bunch of young girls running in, in their tutus um, right beside her. <laughs> Back with her in prison, walking al- alongside the correctional officer down the hall, a beautiful difference of that scenery, right? Her walking down one hall, girls in tutus, and they're right. getting ready for their, their uh, practice. And then it cuts to her walking another hall. And that's literally what I put officer. in my notes, too. It's like, oh, uh, from the pregnancy scene, you see the ballet young girls seeing the children in their natural innocence going to like a gray and dark hallway. Right, right. She sighs in a chair waiting for her Kevin, who is escorted inside the visiting room. He sits in front of her, um, Eva start, Eva just staring at him with fire in her eyes as, she, as he bites his nail, placing the shavings on the table. Gross. She is about to speak, but we, we cut to her walking out of the prison, a man being pinned on the ground yelling for her to help. We cut to Eva screaming in a hospital, a woman telling her to stop resisting until a baby is crying. And that, that whole thing... Fantastic. Yeah. Stop resisting. And it's while she's, and you don't see her giving birth. You just kind of see her in that moment where, like, well, you don't see anything really. It's just like the mirror kind of thing. And um, it's, it's interesting. It's super interesting. Um, Franklin is holding a crying Kevin, trying to soothe him. Eva is in the is in the bed, not acknowledging the child. Eva um, Eva sands the red paint of off her house. Her neighbors watching as she does so. Back in the past, she is trying to soothe Kevin from screaming and crying, but uh, she doesn't have much luck. He is getting irritated. Uh, she is getting irritated, trying to hold, um, trying to hold her cool while continuing to stop the cries. And I would tell you that shit is hard. That yeah. shit is tough. <laughs> it has to do with like a lot of patience, obviously. A lot of patience. But you can tell that she's really not into putting in the work or putting in the patience to help Kevin be a little bit more loved. Yeah. And one of the most heartbreaking scenes you see later on, it's like she even goes and stands by someone who does road work yes. to literally drown out the baby's right. sound and not even do anything about it. Which is wow. Like, wow. goddamn. Kevin continues his cries while she is um, even walking him in the pram, embarrassed by the onlookers. Eva finds peace standing next to the construction worker, jackhammering the road, masking his cries. Eva is lying on the couch, trying to catch up on some rest, Franklin coming home. She raises her voice for him to not pick him up, um, but uh, since he just got home... He's like, nah, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, he doesn't listen to her, and he picks up Kevin anyway, asking his son if he wants to play. Franklin comments that he is he is fine, suggesting that she has to uh, rock him while holding him. She tells him that she isn't exaggerating, and Franklin goes back to rocking him, rocking him and speaking to his son. And it's just, you know, it's just like at the moment, I'm like, cool, you deal with it, I'm going to bed. Right. Like, <laughs> Go ahead, you're home cool. now. That's home, perfect. Uh, yep, all you. Going back to sleep. Yep, going, going to bed. 
Uh, back to her lonely red splattered house, she continues trying to sand off the paint while her neighbor watches from across the street. He is mowing his lawn, Eva tr- uh, turning around to wave at him. He's hesitant, but he waves back. Cut to her at the grocery store, mundanely walking down the aisle. She is grabbing eggs and notices a woman in the aisle. She leaves her cart in the aisle just to hide. She waits for the woman to leave. When she does, she goes back to her cart, and then at checkout, all 12 eggs are broken. The woman staring at her, at her as she checks out. Eva immediately telling the cashier that she would take them as is hastily runs out of the store. Wow. The 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 hell that they put her through is is quite something. Yeah. Definitely. It's one of those things where it's like you kind of get this scene very jarring in a way because you kind of don't understand exactly what happened still in the past. But then you get to understand it's like, oh, that's for sure a mother of one of the victims. Yeah. Exactly. And and that kind of hits a little bit harder kind of revisiting the scene. Right. It's like, I understand why you hid because you are scared to death to kind of like confront this person right. and see what they feel about yourself. Obviously, we already saw her get slapped super hard. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. So, yeah, it's a tough scene. It is it very much so. Very much so. We cut to the woman at the grocery store crying over her daughter who was coming out of the school dead on a stretcher. Eva is talking, is uh, thinking about this while eating her shell-filled eggs. While passing out drunk, we hear the VO of Franklin whispering sweet compliments to Kevin. Eva is trying to have a young Kevin say mommy or ball, but he's just frowning at her. He did not like her. Not at all. He does not like her at all. Now I have to say all of the people who played Kevin from the young age to like the middle age to older age. They're great. uh, They're all great. They do a great job in this movie. Yeah, that they do. Uh, she then instructs him to roll the ball back to her. When she rolls it to him, he doesn't. She's frustrated, but tries again. Same result. They are seeing a doctor, Eva commenting about him, his screaming possibly damaging his hearing. The doctor claims that his hearing is fine. She asks about him not speaking and if, if he has autism. The doctor confirms that he's fine while still performing minor tests. The doctor claims that there isn't anything wrong with him, Eva irritatedly giving her thanks. Back to her rolling the ball with to Kevin, and he forcefully rolls it back. She celebrates at this and right. rolls it again just for him to go back to him stonewalling her. And I love this scene because it's pretty much the whole concept of it's like, I'm going to do this on my terms. Like, he's like, I'm not doing this because you told me to roll the ball back to you. I'm doing this because I wanted to roll the ball back to you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all power moves with these two. Exactly. And it's crazy. Exactly. And you see it right off the bat in this scene, which is really cool to see. Their relationship established at this early point, at this young age as well, and it continues as they get older and more developed. Right. Um, cut to Eva sitting across from uh, Jailbird Kevin. That's how I'm going to differentiate, like how young Kevin, Jailbird, <laughs> Jailbird Kevin, and regular Kevin, uh, not saying anything to each other. A lot of back and forth with Eva and young Kevin, her trying to get him to say mommy, but he refuses. Back to Eva's current life, her sitting at her desk zoned out for a moment. The janitor stops the vacuum, cueing her to leave. She obliges. She is driving home, people running around um, and next to her car in costumes and masks. Excuse me. And she seems so frightened. Right. Like she seems legitimately scared for her life right now. Yeah. Because it's literally the horrors are coming to like meet her. And it's great that they have all these Halloween costumes and they're all staring at her because they're all looking at her for what Kevin has done. Right. And it's kind of like her nightmares are coming into like reality in front of her. And she kind of freaks out about it. Exactly. Yeah. 
she makes it home, immediately pouring herself a drink and chugging it down. Trick-or-treaters bang on her door, demanding candy. She frantically checks, but doesn't have any. She shuts off the lights as they all bang and chant outside her house, leaving her in the, fiddle, in the fetal position as she covers her ears. And she has PTSD about her son throwing food and her mocking and her mocking him, or excuse me, and her mocking her son that she was happier without him. Franklin is in the doorway, Jesus. overhearing and disappointed by by what she just said. Damn! Cuts a young Kevin pouring a shit ton of salt on his cheeseburger. <laughs> Okay. Um, Franklin and Eva are uh, talking about moving, but she doesn't want to move out of New York. They continue talking, Kevin mocking her. She asks him to stop, but he continues. She uh, hits his hand, shouting for him to stop. Cut to her going down the elevator as we overhear Franklin excitedly talking about their new home. They are driving to the house. Once they arrive, Kevin and Eva sit sit on the floor together in silence, facing away from each other. And I love this because they're just more alike than they know. Yeah. And you kind of see that she has a little bit of sense of violence in her too, as she smashes yeah. his hand. Yeah, with, with the hard. loss of patience and yeah. things like that. Like she can not control it as well. Right. Absolutely. The, uh, this transition, uh, this transitioning to them doing the exact same thing while he's in prison. Back at work, her coworker is eating a sandwich, looking at Eva as she works. She stops, turning to the room, asking if she wants if anyone wants food, while she goes to grab some lunch. The Man. room is still and silent. This was such an awkward scene to watch. Oh, my God. You can sense the tension in the room. It's like you... you And no one says anything, so she just gets up and just walks away. Walks away. That was uh, it. You guys want lunch? Nothing. Nothing. Crickets. Crickets. All right. (laughs) Great. All right. I'll be back then. Uh, She grabs a sandwich eating it until a man in a wheelchair calls out to her. Mm -hmm. She is about to walk into the other direction until he calls her Mrs. K. She turns to him. Um, Soweto reminds her reminds her who he is, and he comes up to her. She greets him, Soweto asking how she is. She lies and then says that she's fine, and he lets her know that the doctor said that he might be able to walk again. Eva uh, thinks back at the night, excuse me, Eva thinks back at that night that he was coming out on the stretcher from school. That scene <laughs> destroyed me. <laughs> I'm happy you said that because at this moment, I feel like that scene kind of helped me have a little bit of hope because this is the first person that's going up to her and treating her like a real person. Right. And doesn't blame her for Not the situation. Not blaming her. Exactly. Yeah. like, he got the short end of the stick. He got like shot with like the bow and arrow. And we saw that when he came out of the stretcher and we know why he's in that wheelchair. It's because of Kevin. And it's the one moment where it's like, wow, he is the one to like kind of lighten up the tone of the movie itself. Right. But yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking that, but it's also heartwarming that he has that attitude towards life. Like, you know what? I survived. I may walk in like six months. He has that positive attitude and look in the good aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. Back at home, she is scrubbing the paint off her deck. Jump back to the past, Franklin and young Kevin playing video games as Kevin yells, die, repeatedly at the screen. Eva walks down the stairs with the box, ignoring them as she goes to look through the uh, through the box of mementos. Her coworker, Colin, helps her learn something on the computer. She thanks him, and he sort and he sort of stays a little too long before patting her on the back and then leaving. What the fuck was his intentions? I have no idea. Like, I... It made no sense. It didn't. Like, unless he was just trying to, like, sleep with her or something. Like, but it didn't seem like he was trying to be nice to her to be nice to her because he was like, oh, he, he's a sleazeball. Yeah, he sure. was totally a sleaze. Um, 
Uh, Cut to Eva and Franklin getting it, getting it on. Just, you know, they try and do their thing. And then Kevin interrupts them oh my God, that yeah. he pooped. <laughs> what a scene. What a scene. It, it, it's very interesting because, like, Kevin, mind you, everybody, he's much older. He's, like, maybe yeah. six or seven. Maybe a little bit younger than that. Maybe five or six. Uh, from at least what I'm seeing here. Probably oh, six. Oh, yeah, six. Yeah, six moment. or eight is where it says on our uh, IMDb page. Right. So, yeah, like that is, you know, that that whole concept, the fact that he was refusing to go to the bathroom in spite of his mom. Ref- yeah, like, another power move. Fucking- <laughs> he literally just comes in there and is like, I pooped. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, change me. Yeah. Let's, Let's come go. on. Stop whatever you're doing and change me. <laughs> That's so oh, they get off of each other. Franklin telling him to go back to his room and he will be right there to help him. We jump to Eva finishing her project of uh, putting up different types of maps on the wall. Kevin is standing at the door calling it dumb. She shares that this is her room offering to help make his room special. He doesn't understand. She tells him that he will uh, he can make it look like his personality. What personality, he says. Wow. The phone rings. Eva leaves Kevin to go to answer it. Kevin is looking around the room while Eva is on the phone. She hangs up the phone, hearing the sprinkler on, and she calls for Kevin. When she goes back into the room, her walls are completely destroyed with paint. Him loading a water gun with more paint with a sinister look on his face while he stares at her. She takes the water gun, slamming it on the ground and stepping on it, breaking it. He watches slightly amused by her reaction. Eva begins to quietly sob. While sitting on the couch, Franklin is yelling at Kevin. He comes up to Eva, softly telling her that Kevin is really sorry. And he was trying to make it, trying to help you make it special. I'm like, nope, our kid is the devil. (laughs) <laughs> does not like me. Not at all. Figure this out, Franklin, because I don't know if I could do this anymore. <laughs> this is another moment where she has a little bit of outburst of violence as well, and it kind of contracts with like the paint being red as right. well, splattering all over the place. And it's just more power moves. And Kevin, even at this age, knows how to talk. He's like, I'm going to talk to my dad and be like, oh, I was just trying to do something special. Although we know that's not what his intentions were. Right. He's like, yeah, he's a little evil... Yeah, dude. dude. I was like, whoa. This dude's bad. Like, Smart. this is a bad and, kid. You know, kudos for, um, I see the name right here, Jasper Noel, for playing this character because he absolutely kills it in this role. Yeah. No, it's he very really believable. Does. Yeah. Felt very authentic and kind of scary because of that. <laughs> so, fair enough. Well done. <laughs> very fair enough. Uh, with closed eyes, not a word comes out of her mouth. Franklin leaves her alone. Back with Kevin in jail, him rubbing his scar, Eva asks if he remembers how he got it. He claims that it is the most honest thing that she's ever done to him. Then transitioning into a, to a story about potty training cats, telling her it's like, and the way he's talking is very psychotic, right? Like, it yeah. is so insanely psychotic. And at this point in time, like, Kevin still kind of has his hair in jail and stuff like that. Like, you could tell, like, it's, it's quite fresh of him being in jail. Like, he's only been in jail for maybe a couple of years, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, with all of that, he the way he talks is very much like a serial killer. Like, he's just, he's like, he literally looks at his mom and is just like, you know how cats, like, learn how to be potty trained? He's just like, well, they stick their nose in their shit. And, like, he's just constantly going over it. But It's all mind games. That's exactly. why it reminded me of Mindhunter when they interview, like, the people who are in jail, too, because they talk the same way and they carry themselves in such a way where they feel like their, like, God complex is coming through. Right. It's like, I'm teaching you a lesson. Listen to me. 
Yeah, and the the concept behind him even doing this in general also very much makes it seem like he kind of applauds her for doing what she did to him in that moment. Because like it, it just feels like he's saying, like, no, you taught me a lesson. Yeah. Because after that, he used the bathroom. So, I don't know. It was interesting. Jumping into uh, to Franklin grabbing a drink and him sitting on the couch with Eva, they are about to have a conversation but stop when they hear Kevin using the bathroom upstairs. Franklin is in awe, asking how she taught him to do that. She doesn't answer him, but he clanks her glass to cheers. She goes up to Kevin's room, knocking on his door. He tells her not yet. She waits until she is allowed in. He is on his bed, pajamas half, um, half put on because of his cast on his arm. She helps him with his jammies, telling him that she loves him while kissing his head. He mocks her. She silently leaves. Um, I think I actually skipped something here because I watched this on Pluto. I think I did too. Yeah. It didn't have a certain scene and I had to rewatch it on Tubi. Um, and I don't remember what scene that was. <laughs> but, I well, I remember the scene. The scene is pretty much the... Um, she throws him across the room. Oh, yeah, okay, so you, that's how we know that he's in the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Was that scene not for you in two and on No, I, I saw that scene for sure. Okay, because I, I don't know what happened, why I didn't see that scene, but... Whatever. It was one of those cases where, like, they were literally challenging each other. Right. And she, <laughs> literally she, just yeeted him. Yeah, it's like she... Across the room, and, and I love how the camera doesn't show where he, like, fell. Yeah. You just see him... On the ground, right when the Hold camera is like arm. holding his arm, and yeah. it's like broken. Yeah, and initially he and then they he go kept... to the hospital, and then they go through the whole thing. And he was smart enough to be like, "Don't worry, mom, I got you." Real yeah, quick. he lied. He lied to his he lied dad, to his dad. And like, "Oh yeah, I fell over when I was like on the changing yeah, bed or something like that." He slipped on his toy, I think. Yeah, he said. his fire truck or something yeah. like that. But like, he definitely was another power move to his mom because he's, he's just like this is a leverage now. He's a very intelligent child. Oh yeah, super intelligent. Scary. Scary intelligent. Yes. To the present, a couple staring at her while she works, thinking back on the past, trying her best to navigate through a crowd of press and mobs. Jumping to her driving in the car with young Kevin, him demanding her to turn the music off. Excuse me. She obliges, asking if she um, can stop at the store. He firmly says that he wants to go home. She tries to explain herself, but stops when he's, when she uh, sees him scratching the scar on his arm. They head home. Kevin continues his, his behavior by uh, fucking with his mom by purposely slamming his food on the table. Jesus Christ. Franklin comes home, Kevin excitedly running to him and asking questions about his work. She scowls at him. While lying on Franklin's lap, he sticks up for his son, commenting that he's just a boy and, that, and that's what they do. She doesn't say anything and goes to look at herself in the mirror. I don't know about y'all. I, don't, I didn't do that shit. I didn't, I didn't throw anything. Like No stories that's like that from a, my grandma. Yeah. I would not be okay in the household. No, no, definitely not. I'd have a broken arm too. <laughs> <laughs> they officially and unintentionally start working on their on um, obtaining the next baby. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Kevin is looking at Eva's belly, commenting that she got fat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Frank, Franklin stares at her. They are and then they jump to them arguing about while. Uh, excuse me. Franklin stares at her for a moment. Then it jumps to them arguing, um, Eva sitting on the bed while he's pretty much laying it into her. Like, why didn't you tell me? Uh, 
she, she probably didn't want to. <laughs> she right. probably didn't want to believe it herself. Um, he asked about um, when she was going to tell him. She mentions that she was going to tell him now. He walks out of the room. Eva is trying to childproof. Uh, it's like trying to childproof sex to talk to him, <laughs> but he bluntly knows what she's talking about. Um, he was like, "Are you talking about fucking?" <laughs> yeah, this kid knows way too much. He's snapping. He's snapping his crowns while she is trying to convince him about his soon-to-be sibling. Still not stoked. She comments that they will uh, get used to it. He says this great line: "Quote, just because you're used to some somebody doesn't mean you like them. You're used to me." End quote. Such a great line. Wow. What a delivery about it, too. Fuck yeah. Cut to the hospital. Franklin calling Kevin to uh, meet his little sister, Celia. Kevin dips his hand in water and starts sprinkling on Ah, her face, making her cry. (laughs) Franklin takes him out of the room, and then we jump to present day. She is walking at night, uh, thinking about an argument she had with Franklin, and, and... uh, when she tells him that she is going to Ecuador for two months. That's where she was going, Ecuador. Uh, he uses their son to make her feel bad. Damn, the gaslighting is, like, horrendous in this right oh now. Because, like, he's just like, what, is it, like, what, what are we going to do? Like, Kevin needs you. I need you. It's just like, exactly, bro, she's, she's gone for two months. Let her have that. Right. Let her have be, a break. Be, you're the one that's out of the house all the time. She's right. dealing with all this. So you don't see it. Yeah. And you're like protecting him always. Right. It's like she's always been the victim, but never getting the attention. Yeah. Which happens a lot. And like you were saying, gaslighting happens way too often. Yeah. The gaslighting is too. absolutely horrendous. And man. And at this point, too, meeting um, the younger girl, too. We see that she has both eyes. So we know that's like yes. not a birth defect. Yes. We know that something's happening. So in this moment of the movie, I was like, oh God, there's going to be an arrow to an eye scene. But I'm glad that didn't happen. It definitely didn't happen. Because that's where I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh, I saw <laughs> she's missing an eye. I know the ending. So I feel like I was like, it's going to happen. Uh-huh. But I'm glad <laughs> I didn't see that because that would have been horrendous in this movie to see. Yeah. But that's where my mind went. I was like, God damn it. When is it going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when. When? Uh, a different VO of her yelling for Franklin to pick up the phone. We can hear Kevin counting in the background and Celia playing. Kevin is lying on the floor, Eva calling for him, and checks on checks on him, asking if he's okay. She picks him up, calling, um, cleaning up his throw up on the floor while he's in bed. He apologizes to her, and she tells him that it is okay while holding his hand. She is reading him a bedtime story, Kevin lying on her lap, com- uh, confusing Eva from his actions. <laughs> And she's reading him Robin Hood, yeah, which is interesting because he his, Correlates his with everything in the future. weapon of choice is bow and arrow, a bow and arrow. Uh, but continues reading. Franklin comes into the room trying to see how he feels. Kevin turns the tables on him, demanding him to go away, adding that he's tired. I love that. Franklin is shocked. Kevin tells tells her um, not to stop reading, and she's pretty stoked about it. Yeah, she's just like, oh, oh. Get out, Franklin. <laughs> get out I'm of here. my son. <laughs> like, get out of here, Franklin. I win. <laughs> He's like, okay. All right. Well, you do you. Back to the presents from a message from our sponsors. And we're back to the present. Eva painting her house. She notices two men dressed in suits coming to knock on her door. She doesn't go immediately, but then opens the door for them. They greet her, asking her if, um, ask her about the afterlife. She bluntly says that she knows exactly where she's going, and she's going straight to hell, and then slams the door in their face, and they are absolutely shocked, and that's the best way to deal with that. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the best way well. to deal with that whole situation right there. Back to the past, Eva opening the door, offering to help him dress, but um, shitty old Kevin is back, asking her to leave. She asks him um, what he wants for lunch, but dismisses her that he, does, he doesn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> He is outside playing with his new archery set with his dad. He shoots the arrow at his mom working inside the house, it getting stuck on the window, startling her. And by the way, everybody, it's like, it's like suction. It's not yeah, an actual yeah, bone arrow. Yeah. Right. It's not an actual needle arrow. Um, yet. He, yet. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Uh, he scowls at her, then goes back to shooting, um, shooting it at the bull, shooting at the bullseye. And uh, we then transition to teenage Kevin practicing real archery this time, Franklin congratulating him on his shot before heading inside. What Kevin, a great transition, by the way. Beautiful. From like a beautiful. release to automatically becomes uh, Ezra Miller as the teenager, Kevin. And uh, so clean. Beautiful transition. I even put here that I dig these transitions. <laughs> yeah. And then the one I'm thinking about, like the first transition we see in the, the water, and, and we were talking about like how relatable they are yeah. of being the same person. I was like, oh, she's literally looking at her own reflection of her son through the water. Yeah. And that's how it transitions. So I was like, oh, it makes sense. And it's funny because I think that's why a lot of, well, it's not funny, but I think that's why we see her looking in the mirror a lot. Yeah. Because I think for herself, herself, she sees her son. Yeah, her son and her. And her reflection. And which is probably why she accepts all this hate from everybody because for her she probably feels like it's her it. fault. Yeah, on her herself. Because she's like, yeah. if it weren't for me, this wouldn't this wouldn't be. If I, pretty much, her, she's saying, if I didn't bring him into this world, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel like the the weapon of choice that you brought up when we we're talking about Robin Hood kind of gave me like an epiphany. It's like, oh, that is actually a very symbolic weapon of choice of something that's pulling tension, releasing right. into violence. Yeah. And I was like, wow, yeah, that I'm, all wow. makes sense because that's exactly what's going on in this movie. Absolutely. It's just pulling the bow back until it gets released into something that's tragic. Yep, absolutely. Kevin smiles then goes back to it, staring at the target. Eva is lying on the couch as we hear Kevin's voice coming out of the TV speaking about a mundane life. It cuts to him back in jail, continuing the same conversation, back to her watching him on TV yet again. Cuts to Eva at work, putting up um, Christmas decorations while Colin is grossly staring at her doing some weird dance. Yeah, dude. He was doing the maiden dance. He was I weird. could appreciate that, but then he was being even worse. Yeah. What a scumbag. He was, he was even worse. But this is actually before they even dance. Like This is him oh, okay. like, looking up her skirt oh, I didn't when she's standing that. on top of his desk. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Damn. He's like handing her like Christmas decorations and he's like staring at like Check completely checking her out. I was probably writing notes. Yeah, <sighs> you you might have been, or it could have just been Pluto, because maybe Pluto yeah. TV. Like it, it, I'm telling you, it skipped it some, stuff some stuff on stuff. Yeah. and I had to rewatch it on Tubi. Because <laughs> I don't even remember them setting up the Christmas party. I just remember her yeah, at see, the Christmas that, party sitting that, down on the table. That probably the whole thing skipped for you then. Um, Celia is tied up with Christmas. Um, Eva um, helping her. Excuse me. Celia is tied up with Christmas decorations, and she's like completely just bounded with Christmas decorations. Eva helping her out of her restraints. Kevin is walking to the kitchen. Celia running to him to hug him, calling him her friend. Do you do you remember this part? No. Yeah. So yeah, you didn't. Get I think this it just cuts straight to like the Christmas party yeah. and her sitting down in the chair. Yeah. That's so it. mine skipped the bathroom scene, quote unquote, uh, and yours skipped this. Interesting. 
Um, he shoots her away to get him a soda while he sits down looking at his his mom do laundry. She brings him a soda, him calling calling her the hard R, demanding a root beer. And I hate this word so much, yeah. but he looks like the fucking prick who would say this. Like, 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 he just looks like he would say some shit like this. Eva shouts at him to knock it off. He continues to mess with his little sister using the vacuum uh, vacuum cleaner on her, sucking her hair. She calls for she calls for her mom. Eva unplugging the cord, yelling at him yet again. Franklin comes home, him asking for Kevin's help. Quick cut to Eva opening the door on Kevin vigorously masturbating, only for him to go faster while he looks at her. More power moves. Dude. It's like challenging. It's like I don't care. Yeah, watch this. I don't give a fuck it's like yo kid relax bro like yeah that i'm sure that hurts she slams the door (laughs) (laughs) she slams the door um and it's it it is a very shocking scene yeah it's disturbing super disturbing cut to eva's jobs um super cringy christmas party (laughs) colin notices eva sitting alone he dances towards her asking if he if she wants to dance she smiles denying him he tries to convince her but she tells him yet again with a warm smile he leans in close whispering the question of her of where she gets off while calling her a stuck-up bitch what the fuck he continues asking her if she thinks anybody is going to uh want her before walking away she gets up and he leaves while Wanda tries to convince her to stay. Um, a lot of HR boundaries pushed right here, but <laughs> yeah, no, I even put here on my notes like the Christmas party. Wow, this is very heartbreaking of like what he said. Oh yeah, he's like, yeah, you're gonna have to be with me because no one else will. Pretty much. How dare he say that? That's, yeah, that's messed up. While she is walking to her car, she stops to look at a little girl and her mom excitedly walking to their car. That just breaks my heart. That like destroys me. Her yeah. seeing pretty much seeing herself of how she was with her daughter. Yeah. That hurts. She thinks back with her daughter walking on the street, Celia spotting Kevin across the street looking at, at her book signing photo. Then he disappears. They're in the kitchen making separate lunches, Eva asking if she saw him at the bookstore today. He bluntly tells her, nope. Then uh, she asks if he's doing anything on Friday. Kevin asks her why, and she monotonically mentions for them to hang out to go to dinner and play mini golf. While finishing his jelly sandwich, he he irritatedly agrees she takes that as a victory. Now, this is so interesting, the jelly sandwiches here. Like, (laughs) the jelly sandwiches interest the fuck out of me, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Cut to them at at, uh, the mini golf. At the mini golf. (laughs) Cut to them playing mini golf. Eva commenting about about a heavy heavy set people, crudely uh, ridiculing them for eating. And that is just fucked up they're like right behind her first of all secondly who are you to judge right yeah. who are you to judge but kevin says a fucking fantastic line here kevin calls her cruel saying that this is where he's got it from <laughs> Damn. they are playing their round of golf her shivering and commenting that he uh won before walking off and she's like just bluntly walks off she was so ready to just go in that moment like waiting for him to do the putt so they could just fucking leave <laughs> They run back to the car, soaking wet in the rain, telling him that they are going to go to dinner before stopping at home to change. She comes down the stairs, Kevin devouring a whole roasted chicken. She reminds him about dinner. He claims that he's a growing boy. Once they are done ordering from the restaurant, they sit in silence. She tries to make conversation about school while um, while eating. He's not interested in this conversation, sarcastically giving her ammunition on how their evening can go. 
What a powerful just, scene. It is. Because it's nothing but hatred, but at the same time, it oddly is like lovable hatred. Yeah, so I mean the thing they love to hate Kevin each other. is saying too, is it makes sense. It's very logical. It's like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to make small talk. Right. You're, gonna, you're hoping that this small talk will lead to a better relationship and we're not going to have that better relationship. Right. You're not going to scoot closer to me and put your arm around me, right. even though this is where you are. You're like kind of manipulating me to like you and right. I'm not going to like you. Yeah. And it's more of that God complex is like, no, I know who I am. I don't like you. I don't even like other people he even brings up that. It's fair. And the dinner scene was just haunting because honestly, he's not wrong. I mean, I mean he, he definitely is not wrong. But you can feel like they're not going to be friends ever. No, or yeah, have no. any type of relationship with mm, each other. Totally. And he definitely blames her for the way he is and kind of like, right. like you made me yeah. who I am. Exactly. And it's it's interesting because like you you hear stories about like the way you are in your pregnancy reflects on how your child comes out. Yeah. Like, you know, and she very much didn't want the pregnancy and things like that. So I'm 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 curious if that is something that's supposed to be spoken on within this film of yeah. her not wanting the pregnancy and and kind of that being what is shoehorned in in a way. Yeah, to, it's like what what happens when you when you have a child that's already set up for rejection. What yeah. kind of effects does that have on the child itself? Right. Hmm. Interesting. Cut to even Kevin's room, going through his things and making sure to put put it back meticulously as he had um, everything once before. She finds a CD that has I Love You written on it. And I love how he actually still has the Robin Hood book on top of his desk. It's like that constant constantly reminder. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's that constant reminder of his mom because she read that story to him. We never seen Franklin read it. Uh, tucking his bed before leaving out of the room. She takes the CD back to her computer and it gives her um, an immediate virus on her computer. <laughs> she goes into his room. Kevin is on his computer smirking, telling her that her computer is now fucked. <laughs> she mentions that it is, including all the ones at work, claiming that she deserved it. She asks why he has something like that. He comments that he collects them like stamps. Um, her asking about the point, Kevin saying that that is the point. There isn't one fuck and that, that's the whole concept of his mindset for this whole interaction or whole relationship with his mom like that for him it's like there's no point for us to have this relationship with each other yet we're in this relationship with right. each other it's one that goes back to that line it's like oh yeah you can just get used to someone but not like them right Back to the present, Eva is on the phone with her mom, um, faking like someone is knocking on the door so she can hang up. But instead, she sits back. She sits back at the table to finish her jelly sandwich with some wine. Now, this is why I want to talk about this jelly sandwich situation. It goes back to my point of them being similar, yeah, and them being honestly maybe identical because he. They have the same mannerisms and things like that. Maybe not attitude, but at the same time, who knows? Like we, all we know is her interaction with Kevin. Yeah. Christmas Day with her family. Kevin opening a new bow from Franklin. He thanks his dad while Eva stares in surprise on the gift, holding their new hamster. Eva is watching Kevin using his new bow with his dad in the backyard. Celia is looking for her pet. Eva calling, um, calling. 
in her picking her up for uh for from bed, she is speaking with her mom about losing her hamster and agreeing with Kevin calling her stupid. Eva kisses her goodnight, assuring her that she's not stupid. Franklin and Eva are looking for their hamster, him joking about the animal dying. Next day, she is telling her daughter that their hamster has gone to, the, to live in the garden. She takes her food, dumping it in the garbage disposal, still trying to convince her. The disposal is then now overflowing while she is running water. She turns on the disposal, grossed out by what she sees. I kind of wanted to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, it would have been good. I, I feel like it would have been more impactful. Blood. Yeah. Maybe at least. I mean, obviously, we didn't have to see too much graphic. Sure. Yeah, we didn't have to see like, of it. Yeah. We know what was inside the right. garbage disposal right. and then the look that Kevin gives to her, like through the, the window. I was like, yeah. I know what you just found. <laughs> I left it there for you. Yeah, he's it's like, that was for you. That was for you. Yeah. She looks outside at Kevin continuing to play tetherball with his dad. He looks back at her. Um, he looks back at her through the window, scowling at her. She clears out the drain. Back to the present, Eva washing red paint off her hands. And I love the context of, of that being the blood of the hamster. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, sure, I love that context. Her cleaning up the mess. Right. In the past, Eva and, and Franklin are sitting in the hospital hallway. Quiet for a moment, Franklin asks why she left the, uh, the, drain, the Drano out. She claims that she didn't, blaming it on Kevin. Franklin gets up, shuddering that she needs to go speak with someone. Fuck. Like the fact that he just will not believe her, yeah, blows my mind. But at the same time, it's that whole concept of of when people say, um, "Love your spouse more than your kids," because your spouse is supposed to be there partner, with you right? forever, right? Yeah. They're your partner in this. Um, but it very much was, "I love my kid more than my spouse." Right. And for for Eva, she was probably done with both of them. Like I fucking used to love my spouse. But I don't love my spouse and I don't love my kid. I don't know what I'm doing here, which is why like that thing, what Kevin said makes so much fucking sense of what's the point. There is no point. That's the point. Yeah. And for her, it's the same concept. Like, why am I here? What's the point of me being here? For just being there. Right. Like if, if I'm just going to get shat on all fucking day, almost literally in certain points of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was also a scene where like right after she cleaned him, yeah, he, he farts he, on her. Well, he Basically. poops again. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I think that's where that's where it cut throws, off for me too. I think that's where she throws him. That's, that is where she throws yeah. him. Yes, that is correct. Cut to Eva uh, waiting in the in the waiting room at the prison. A woman sitting next to her sobbing. Eva grabs her hand, holding it tightly. Blast of the past, and I actually love that context because she needed that just as much as that lady needed that. Blast of the past. Sorry for the constant jumping around, everybody. My bad. But thank you for bearing with us with this shit. Them sitting around (laughs) eating with Celia. Franklin breaks the silence, letting Kevin know that Eva has something to tell him. And I guess she lost her eye. Somehow. With the chemicals from the Drano. Drano, yeah. Yeah. And I assume it got in her eye. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. And they didn't have a chance to wash it out in time or something. But... Yeah, she uh, thanks him for calling the ambulance and wondering if he felt responsible. Kevin asks why would he, why uh, she would think that, raising her voice that he was supposed to be looking after her. Franklin buds in that uh, they. God, I just I'm very curious on like what he did to have her get fucking Drano in her eye or some shit. 
tricked her somehow or something like somehow. that. Somehow. But at that Maybe. moment, it's like, okay, you killed the hamster, now you hurt your own sister. Right. And you feel like no, no remorse. empathy at all. Yeah. No remorse. You're, you're, you're a literal like, oh, sociopath. Why would I blame myself? Yeah. Like, it's like, I feel fine. I don't care. I feel great. Yeah. While For, he's eating that weird thing. That fruit. Yeah, it's, it's an acquired taste, which looks exactly like an eyeball. He's it does look like an eyeball. It, it does look like an that's eyeball. a nice touch, but yeah. that's disgusting. I, this is the part where I started to feel like a little nauseous. I'm like, this guy's kind of sickening. And I was like, Damn. fair enough, fair enough. Franklin buds in that they don't want him to feel responsible. Kevin cheerfully comments that he doesn't. He doesn't while peeling back a fruit. I have no idea what fruit this is. By the way, I just, it was a very interesting fruit. Uh, Kevin cheerfully comments, uh, oh, excuse me. Eva shares that um, Celia will now need a glass eye. Franklin asking him to look after her without calling her any names. Kevin tells her to suck it up. Franklin nodding his head. Like, what? Franklin is an idiot. (laughs) Like, dude, I would have. That's your daughter as well. Like, right. If that, if that were me, I'd be like. Nah, you be nice to your sister. Right. You're like, going to be there for her. Right. Be there during school. Back her up. Exactly. Fuck that. Eva comments about him disliking the fruit while he pops it into his mouth, sadistically calling it an acquired taste. Cut to the present day, Eva eating alone in a diner, thinking back to that day. She is cleaning Celia's eye, um, apologizing for causing any pain. Celia giving her thanks um, when she was finished, then embracing her with a hug. I love how symbolic that is. It's just like, this is the kid I wanted kind of thing. <laughs> they are watching TV together. Kevin going into the backyard to shoot some arrows. He asks Celia if she wants to collect them, Eva immediately shouting no. Franklin, frustrated, leaves from the couch. Now, just Franklin and Eva sitting alone, them talking about their planned divorce, Franklin commenting about custody not being a problem and having a brief argument about it. I would be like, you're right. Custody is not a problem. You please take Kevin. Yeah. Like, please get him the fuck away from me. Uh, Kevin interrupts them by clearing his throat, angrily commenting that he needed a glass of water as he watches them from above. Franklin tries to stick up for their conversation, suggesting that he um, that he didn't hear the context. Kevin says that he understands the context because he is the context before he goes back to his room. Smart kid. Smart kid. But why are you upset? What did you fucking expect? You're literally pulling your family apart. Yeah. What do you expect? You know what I'm saying? Cut to a present, uh, present Ava scraping more of the red paint off her window. A lot of red paint here. <laughs> um, thinking back on on the court date, she denies to appeal, agreeing on losing everything, especially the house that she hates. The woman in the crowd, uh, the same one from the grocery store, cries for her to rot in hell as she walks past the crowd. Past Eva in, um, is signing off a package for Kevin, placing the heavy package on the table. Kevin opens it up, taking out multiple bike locks from the box. Uh, Eva asks why why does he uh, why does he have that since he hasn't ride his bike in like years um, him claiming that he's going to sell them at school damn that just makes so my dark. whole fucking stomach turn yeah especially knowing the outcome yeah and yeah, I assume you you knew what those were for at that moment because I think we see it on the door at one of the flashbacks right you do yeah they're yeah. sawing it off yeah mm-hmm yeah. Back with President Ava scrubbing her fingernails, thinking about her happiness with Franklin before they had kids. She is sitting on the bed, somberly waiting for Franklin to come back from the shower. They embrace with a kiss and cuddles. The clock flashing 12, then begins to beep on 12.01. Cut to Franklin and Celia dancing, just like they were earlier in the film. Fuck. 
Kevin is staring angrily at himself over a bowl of water. Eva is about to walk out of the door, touching Kevin's forehead, telling him that he looks clammy, asking if he's feeling okay. He shares that he feels great. She comments about his birthday coming up and if he would like to do a rest if he would like to go to a restaurant. But he tells her that he might be tied up. Which he wasn't wrong. Yeah. He was technically shot. At that moment he already had to plan the motion. Oh, he was yeah, it she was one hundred percent that's exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah, it's like don't exactly what he wanted to do kevin is is uh walking through the halls of his high school but we transition to eva sitting at her desk overhearing her voicemail to her husband about working things out which is so fucking heartbreaking because franklin's fucking gone yeah her employees burst into the, her office immediately confirming this uh, confirming the school that kevin attends back with kevin going to the gym locking the door behind him shots of eva driving to his school as kevin prepares for his nihilistic massacre she makes it to school running through the, through the caution caution tape shouting for her son noticing the bike lock that kevin purchased she now confirms her son being a true fucking monster <sighs> Kevin walks out of the school like he's a celebrity. The crowd screaming and crying at him. Kevin calmly allows for the police to take him away, enjoying the process. Eva staring in absolute dismay and shock. The bodies of the teens begin to pour out of the school, Eva leaving the scene. Present Eva lying down in the dark thinking about that awful day, images of Kevin firing off his bow at the crowd of students. What a fucking scene. Yeah, even like you reading it makes me a little nauseous right now. I have to Dude. be honest. It's kind of, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a hard scene This is a hard watch. scene. This it's, is a really, really hard scene. And when, when you think about it in the context of what's happening, especially in, in what's happening in the world today, like, yeah. it is yeah. so fucking sad. Like, God, we record these in a month in advance, and literally a, a week or so ago, there was a school shooting in a middle school. Yeah, in the United States, I think there was said like there was like twelve mass shootings in the last like month alone. That's fucking horrible. And and I, I saw another movie previously this year at South by Southwest called The Fallout, and it actually brought it up earlier today. Yeah, I remember you telling um, me about that. It just got picked up by HBO Max, so it should be releasing sometime this summer or fall. They were saying. And that also touches on the subject about the school shooting, but it happens almost immediately in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then it shows the after effects of following some of the students and how they mentally deal with kind of like the PTSD. And it's a coming of age story because they're still growing to become who they are and finding yeah. their identity. But this With is this like something PTSD is lying on the on back their of their like That's horrible. always following them That's and stuff horrible. like that. And it's one of those things where like you're kind of following the antagonist the entire time of this movie and you see them at such an early age and then grow into a teenager and then see what the outcome of everything is. And yeah. it's just, it's tough. And it, when I first saw it, it stayed with me the entire day. And I even watched another movie to get my mind off it. And it was kind of like, are, a, you, talking, are a, you talking about, we need to talk about Kevin or are you talking about the others? Other no, movie? this movie. Yeah. Okay, we, are, okay. we were talking yeah, about yeah. Kevin, but same thing with like the other one with right. South by Southwest. Yeah. I was watching a ton of movies that day. That's true. So I could help yeah. with coping with that too. With this movie, I had the day off watching it. I watched another movie that was on Netflix 
and it didn't have that good of an ending. I'm like, wow, I'm just mentally breaking myself down today. Yeah, um, this one definitely deserves a palate cleanser for sure. Like yes. after this, like I, I, I just went into my kitchen pantry and was just like, I just need all the Oreos right now. Like <laughs> I have to give it a so huge much. shout out. I can't talk too much about it because of where we work, but Ted Lasso definitely helped me out. Good. Very wholesome uh, TV show. And I was like, okay, this is something I really fucking needed. Good. It's one of those movies like, yeah, this is a scene that will hit you yeah. hard yeah. and it will stay with you for a while. Right. And I was talking about it. I was like, oh, dude, now I'm mentally there again. I got to watch another episode of something funny after this. But, yeah. 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 It's 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 a very hard scene. And and they're not showing you connect these arrows in their backs. Thank God. They, yeah, seriously. They are literally just showing him, though, which is just as heartbreaking and, and, and as scary because yeah, they're showing the they're showing too. him with fucking zero remorse, just that look on his face of just focus. pure, just exactly yeah. pure focus. And in that moment, he's just he's for him. It's target practice, and it's it's fucking terrifying. And it and, scares me to think uh, how long this oof. probably went on because he used a bow and arrow, so there was silence. no sound. Yeah, another. Uh, earlier in the scene, there's a great shot of him, the transition of him being a child into the teenager when he shoots the bow and arrow. You see the target reflection in his eye. And that's pretty much oh, what yeah. that whole entire thing is right now. It's like yeah. he just sees uh, eye to the target. And it's just like, oh, that's shit. wild. Us seeing the aftermath of these students being brought out on stretchers past Eva drives home, coming inside, noticing the house dark and still. She calls out to Franklin and her daughter. No answer. The sliding door is open as the sprinklers run outside and it's heartbreaking because this is what we hear in the beginning of the movie, in the middle of the movie, and now at the end of the movie. She goes outside prepping for the inevitable. Franklin and Celia both outside dead in the backyard filled with arrows through their backs. Wow. Wow. She comes back quietly inside the house in shock. Kevin giving a bow to his imaginary, uh, excuse me, Kevin giving a bow to his imaginary fans as screaming rings out. Eva falls onto the, onto her bed, exhausted from all the emotional pain. President Eva is sitting on the couch, smelling Franklin's Led Zeppelin shirt, sobbing inside of it. She foes Kevin's shirt, Kevin's shirts, placing them neatly in his drawer, then makes his bed, puts his Robin Hood book on the shelf and pushes his chair in. The uh, camera showing us that she made his room exactly how it was when they lived in their previous house. Interesting. I mean, but at the same time, it's all she has left, right? Right. Eva hops into her car, headed to see Kevin in prison. While there, Kevin is bruised and scarred um, with his head shaved. She stares at him, him back at her. She comments that he doesn't look happy. He responds, asking if he's ever looked happy, adding that he's almost 18. She asks in a monotone voice if he's if he's nervous going to to a big school. He com- he's confused, asking if she knows anything about this about those places. She claims that he's managed it so well, insulting his drug usage, adding that he could he uh, would have been he would be out. <clears throat> excuse me. Oop. He would be out in a couple of years. He would be out of he would have been out of there in a couple of years. She tells him that they let him they let him come. She tells him that they will let him, excuse me, I think I wrote that completely wrong. She tells him that they will let her come see him on Monday because it is their two year, the two year anniversary of his slaying. Wow. 
Continuing that he'd had plenty of time to think about it, asking him why. He stares for a moment, believing that he thought he used he used to know, but now he's not so sure anymore. She nods her head, the officer letting them know that their time is up. They both get up, and she embraces him with a hug and him accepting it. She walks out of the hall, somber about her broken son. Then, credits. What a heavy fucking movie. Tough ending. Heavy. Real tough. God damn tough. It's it's so... This ending definitely does not leave you in any state of happiness at all. But at the same time, you can tell for them they need each other more than ever now. And like I said, it's all she has. We don't know if Kevin's in there for life. It doesn't seem like it since she was painting his room um, at her house and making it exactly the way it was when pretty much he was a kid. So it's fucked up. And and she she says the big school because like, I, I don't know if he didn't get trialed as an adult and he's going to a new prison or what. I don't know. I don't know what, but it's super intriguing. Super, super intriguing. Man. Yeah. What it, a it left fucking me, movie, dude. I don't know. Wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> as it should. As it yeah. should. Like, if anyone comes, like, feeling chipper after this movie, I would be shocked. I was like, are you Kevin? We need to talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Are you okay? Yeah, if for you're real. Living this movie chipper yeah like it, it's it's definitely uh, uh one of those kind of you know descending type of films right and like, it's one of those movies where the tone kind of stays pretty gray throughout there's not a lot of happy moments in this movie from beginning to end so it's just kind of like just one big oh no thing that just like stays with you yeah it's in you know it's very it's very interesting altogether on how this stays with you because this movie is actually very incredibly well done. Yeah. And it Agreed. is it's, well shot, well directed, well exactly. acted. Uh, it hits almost all of Every the marks point. on like how to make a movie as good as you can be. It flowed great. The story the itself was fantastic. is the impact. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's it, it's interesting because we start with the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie and we go back to that. Um, and the flip flops around, and stuff right? Like that. And uh, it's interesting. It's super interesting. Um, but I got some movie facts for us here. Some movie facts. <gasps> this movie was shot in thirty days. <laughs> That's incredible. That is quite incredible. The colors on the target for the bow and arrow are are in every scene: red, blue, yellow, and white. A lot of uses of red. That is fucking genius. Tilda Swinton became um, involved as producer uh, as producer long before she decided to even star in the movie. Huh. That is awesome. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. While Eva is is grocery shopping, the PA system plays an instrumental version of the Christmas Carol. What child? Uh, what child is this? The title of which is the description of the estrangement and distance that Eva seems to have felt from her son since before he was born. Yeah, very interesting musical choice in general. Especially like the, the Halloween scene. I forget yeah. what the popular song was playing. Oh yeah, Lollipop, Lollipop right? Probably. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So random. Uh, yeah, it was really random. <laughs> um let's let's do a couple more. 
Uh, in the scene where Eva is talking to Kevin about maps on the wall of her room, one of the maps is a socialist federal republic of Yugoslavia. Okay. All right. That's a fun fact. Cool. <laughs> in the book, Kevin uses a crossbow for his murders, which are specific are uh, specific people he chose rather than a pep rally. Um, uh, rather than a longbow he uses in the movie. Interesting. So I didn't know this was a book. Yeah. I had no well. idea this was a book. Oh, wait, no, just someone now. on the, yeah, on Twitter told me about it. That it was a book? Yeah, and they didn't read it or something like that. And, but yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> they, they knew it was a book. Sick. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, but I know now. Um, let's do one more. This is the second movie where the assumed death of John C. Riley's daughter's pet, Rodent, is the key plot point. The other movie is called Carnage. Mm. 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 I, I've never seen that movie. I think I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Um, I think that's the one with like Christoph Waltz and Kate Winslet oh, and Jodie Foster. Huh. Um, but whatever. Which I have to say, give uh, before the movie facts ends. Quick shout out to the cinematographer because he also did Anna Karenina, uh, Atonement, Nocturnal facts. Animals. So that's how. Oh goddamn, Nocturnal Animals too. Yeah. Sheesh. So. Good at what he does. Yeah, that's fucking fantastic. What what a just like this movie is just overall very well done. Like it's incredibly impactful. Well crafted. Well, exactly. Very very well. That's crafted. why I admire it. But I will probably not visit it again. Probably yeah. Like I don't know if I'll visit I'm this good. one again as well. Like twice was probably enough for me as well. But like, hey, this movie this movie is definitely a definitely a good one though. Definitely like yeah yeah. This movie is very very well. I done. would recommend it to someone who's mentally prepared to watch it. Yeah, definitely watch this, you know, when you're in a good state of mind. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm glad definitely. I watched this early on so I can have like the rest of the day to like yeah, digest process it. and kind of, you know, get over it a bit. But let us know over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod what you think of we need to talk about Kevin because we want to definitely keep this conversation going for sure. But... Our next month is a month that I'm extremely excited about. This is going to be our Horror Pride Month where we are going to be covering films that are um, pretty much very loved and a part of the LGBTQ community. And we will actually be having guests on every single episode, starting with Reina Cervantes from Horror um, in Session, or Session in Horror, excuse me. Um, and I am very excited for I'm this month. I'm super excited. This month is going to be we got some so much fun. Awesome guests coming in. We've got some great guests coming in. And the first film that we are going to be covering for that month is going to be Knife Plus Heart. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights. And alongside me, we had Freddy. Always keeping this poopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Nights. Our efforts to get this show out is not enough. We need your help to uh, spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. Now, with the what? Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to this show ad free and as early as Monday with the post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.